Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game and improve your capabilities in the world of talent development. And it is July here. We are more than halfway through 2023 and a lot of things going on. I'm fresh back from a two-week vacation with my family that was relaxing and fun and energizing and just something that I absolutely needed. It's great to get outside, get into the wilderness, do some camping and hiking and I was pretty much checked out, not really working throughout that time. And I hope that uh, you get a chance to do that this summer. But because of that, I haven't had a chance to record any new episodes for this podcast in the last couple of weeks. And uh, so today I am taking this opportunity to publish a recording from our Talent Development Think Tank membership community. And if you're not a member, maybe this is something that you've been thinking about joining if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. Of course, we've got tons of great free content on this podcast to help you up your game in talent development. And when you're ready to take it to the next level and you want to not only learn and grow, but also make connections and build your network, that is what we're doing, what we're all about in the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, which is all about helping talent development professionals improve their capabilities and achieve more career success. In that community, we have a guest speaker almost every week. We have live calls every Wednesday, and we have often bring in guest speakers, often guests from this podcast. We're asked them to come join us in the community and do a live Q&A. We make it interactive and really dive a little bit deeper on some of the concepts they cover in the podcast, as well as interact with our members and answer questions from them. It's really a great opportunity for members to connect with the speakers and also connect with each other, as we have so many members who are making connections with each other outside of their calls and building their network, building relationships, getting ideas for their jobs, for their projects, for their careers. It's really a a phenomenal place to learn and connect, build friendships and relationships and grow your network in talent development, something I've been running since 2020. And it's still growing. We're still going strong. We've got some great plans for the rest of 2023 and beyond. And in fact, we just launched a new group for entrepreneurs called the Talent Development Think Tank Entrepreneur Mastermind Group within the Think Tank community. So if you're an entrepreneur in L&D, then you want to go check that out. And if you're not, if you're uh, an employee for a company, that's awesome too. We love that. That's the main core of our community. And we have options for both of you on our website. If you go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and click on community, all the information is right there. And the reason I start with this primarily is I want to tell you about our community. And uh, number two, our episode today is a recording from one of our community calls. So If you want to get a sneak peek of what it's like being in the community, A, you're going to get that today because I'm going to share with you a recording from one of our recent calls just a few weeks back with an amazing speaker who's been on this podcast a few times. And B, as I record this and release this, I want to let you know that we are offering a free 14-day trial, something we haven't done in more than a year, maybe two years. It's been a long time since we offered a free trial something I didn't want to do very often, but we just opened that up within the last few days 
And a few people have already taken advantage of it. So if you go to the website, talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and click on community, there are three tiers there, the foundation level for early career, the all access level, which applies to most people in talent development. If you have any experience at all, uh, you're a manager level, director, VP level, you need to be in that uh, level. And then we have the new entrepreneur tier for people, uh, freelancers, coaches, consultants running a business in the talent development landscape. Uh, And when you sign up for the foundation or the all access, you are going to be starting a 14 day free trial where you get to join essentially two of our calls, check out some of our recordings and decide if it's valuable for you before you start paying for the community. So it's a great opportunity if you want to check it out. And then the other thing, as I mentioned, is I'm sharing a recording with you today. Now, this recording is from a call we did a few weeks back with Kevin M. Yates, who is known as the L&D detective. And just like Sherlock Holmes, he solves mysteries, but he focuses on measurement mysteries. And particularly the question, did training work? Or how do we know if training works? He uses facts, evidence, and data to show training and learning impact on behavior, performance, and goals. Kevin has been on this podcast, I believe, three times now in the past, and once in uh, 2021 or two And a couple times more recently, he also spoke at our Talent Development Think Tank conference in February of this year, 2023, where he debuted his new game that he created on measuring impact in L&D. And it was a huge hit. People absolutely loved it. And not everybody in our community was able to attend the conference. So I asked him to come speak in the community and he couldn't really go through the game in a virtual setting like we had, but just to be there to answer questions for people who are working on challenges in L&D. And, you know, Kevin is someone who uh, gets paid to speak in organizations, to consult with organizations. And this was an opportunity for people to just pick his brain for free in an open session. And I thought you might like to listen in. So without further ado, here is my session, or rather our session in the Talent Development Think Tank community with Kevin M. Yates, the L&D detective from a few weeks back. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to our Talent Development Think Tank call for Wednesday, April 19th. So excited that all of you are here because I've got a really fantastic, brotastic, phenomenal speaker and expert here with us today. He also happens to be one of my best friends in the world, someone I talk to on a regular basis. Some of you were at the Think Tank conference back in February, so you got to see him in action. Some of you may have heard him on my podcast or one of the many, many dozens of other podcasts that he's been on, none of them as good as the interviews that he and I have done together. But you know, nonetheless, I know he's out there doing a lot of great stuff, posting a lot of great articles on LinkedIn. So you may have been following him for a while as well. He is known as the L&D detective because he speaks often in conferences and organizations and around the world on measuring impact in organizations And what I love about Kevin, besides the fact that he's just a great guy and just an expert on this topic, he's also, I would say, vulnerable and open about, you know, his own journey, not only like in his life, but also in his journey on this idea of measurement and how things have shifted over the last, you know, few years since he's been doing this work. And I think we discussed some of that in the last podcast interview we did leading up to the conference. He recently created a new game on demystifying L&D measurement that he debuted at the Think Tank conference in February. Some of you got a chance to go through that. And like everybody was like laughing and groaning because it was so resonated with so many people in like their daily life. It was really an amazing experience. And Kevin is also the founder and president of a really wonderful nonprofit called Meals in the Meantime, 
which has a mission of providing nutritious food to people in the South suburbs of Chicago who don't uh, otherwise have access. And you were at the Think Tank conference, or maybe you heard about it. We also got together as a group at the conference and raised a bunch of money for Meals in the Meantime to provide for seven what do you call food banks. $7,000 we raised. That's right. Wow. Just amazing what people came together to do to provide nutritious food for people in, in, uh, in the South suburbs of Chicago. Kevin is doing such great things and really proud to call him a friend. Really happy to have him here. He's here to talk all things measurement. I don't think he has anything too set. And I know this is one of the most popular topics that comes up all the time for people in L&D. So please get your questions ready and throw them at Kevin. Give him the hardest questions you got because you know I want to see him squirm. But no, really, like he's he's here to help us. So ladies and gentlemen, Kevin M. Yates. Take it wow. away, Kevin. Wow. Andrew, thank you so much for that amazing or should I say thank you very much for that bro amazing introduction that was really cool Andy thank you so much and hello to my community my peeps I'm happy to see you all I, I know that you are probably serving in one of the areas training or learning or talent development or somewhere within that or maybe not don't know but I'm just happy to see you guys and we're going to do something very unscripted today right going to try something a little different here um, as Andy mentioned I do a lot of speaking virtually and in person. And more often than not, that is accompanied with a presentation via PowerPoint or maybe even Google Slides. But you know, guys, I said to myself this morning, I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to give you full access to me for free today. And that means something because, you know, normally when, when people reach out and they want some of my time and they want me to lend my experience and expertise, there's a little fee attached to that, right? <laughs> but you know, because you guys are as amazing as you are as a community. We are as amazing as we are as a community. I'm just going to call today all access all the time. Well, maybe not all the time, but for the next hour or so. And what I really want to do is address some realities about measuring the impact of training and learning. What I've decided to do this year, guys, and to really keep this going, is to tell a more balanced story about measuring the impact of training and learning. What I have seen myself do over the past few years is really focus on the how and sharing the methods by which we measure the impact of training and learning. What I want to do going forward, you all, is tell a more balanced story, because the reality is that measuring impact for training and learning is difficult. That's the truth. I want to say that again, because it's the truth and you don't always hear it spoken out loud. Measuring the impact of training and learning is difficult. But difficult does not mean impossible. It just means difficult. So I think that we need to acknowledge the difficulty, acknowledge the complexity, acknowledge the times where it feels ambiguous, uncertain, and unsure. Acknowledge the times where we cannot measure the impact of training. Wait, hey, Kevin, what did you just say? Yes, that is the truth. There are times where you cannot measure the impact of training and learning. I said it. I said what I said. And it is the truth. Now, along with that, there are times where you will be able to measure the impact of training. And so my work and my encouragement to you is to focus on those opportunities where you can measure the impact of training and where you know you can't. Tell the truth about that, because there will be times where you can't. One of the things that I have shifted for myself is believing that I can always measure the impact of training and learning. And that has given me reason to bump my head against the wall, scratch my head, 
And it is probably why I have as little hair as I do. And it is probably why the little bit of hair that I have is now turning gray instead of black because of what I've been trying to do for the past few years. But what I have done, you all, is figured out those times where we can measure the impact of training and those times where we can't. So I'm just telling the truth about that. There's no consequence to me for telling the truth about that. So where I want to focus with you today is identifying those opportunities where we can, because as I said, measuring the impact of training and learning is difficult, but it is possible. It is absolutely possible. So I'm giving you full access to me today. I'd love to engage in some Q&A, some back and forth. I'd love for you to ask me the tough questions, and I guarantee you I'm going to tell you the truth. I'd love to hear you share where you've had success with measuring impact or maybe where you haven't. Again, this is all access all the time for me. Now, I have a friend who is with us here today. Clara, would you raise your hand and say hello? There you go. So, Clara, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit only because I need your help. It's an easy job. It's an easy job. I just kind of want you to be my co-host today, Claire. And guys, Claire and I, as I said, we're co-workers. We know each other. We're, we're, we're good friends. So I didn't really put her on the spot. Here's where I'd like to start. And this is where I need your help, Claire. Use the chat, everybody. Tell me how you define impact when it comes to training and learning. How do you define impact when it comes to training and learning, right? Use the chat to describe what measuring impact for training and learning means to you. And then I'm just going to ask my friend Clara if you could just read some of the answers that we're getting in the chat. Is that okay, Clara? Give me a hand, a thumbs up if you're good with doing it. Of course. That. Thank you. All right. It's just easier for me to manage you guys when I can, I can hear the response and then respond to them. So again, use the chat. And we're going to start today by hearing from you and hearing from you how you describe measuring impact for training and learning. What does impact mean for you? Are we getting any responses there, Clara? Yes, we got the first one. Change okay. behavior aligned with org or individual expectations. Um, if I hear managers saying they see the learning in action with their team. That's impact. Okay. What else we got, Claire? Closing the gap. Closing the gap. From right. Jan, how the business is impacted, attrition, internal mobility, behavior change, etc. Okay. From Lena, to measure the progress and outcomes of L&D. Uh, from Carlo, did the training impact the achievement of the business goal and how much weight is placed on that training's impact? Thank you. From Tiff, having the ability to determine whether the courses offered encourage different behaviors from leaders across organization. Wow. From Gloria, contributing yeah. to sustainable behavior change or skill building. Oh, wait. And then... Yeah. Again, I like that one. What was that? Contributing to sustainable behavioral change or skill building. Contributing. So someone defined impact as sustaining change for behavior. I just rephrased that, but I think that's what I heard. Thanks. Thanks, Claire. Yes. Hey, Claire, let's read a couple more. Okay. We have, I think, three more. So meeting department and company goals, increase in employee survey results. And then from Jimmy, impact means that the L&D intervention changed something in the direction that we wanted it to go that differs from the normal results. Wow. And then we have one more, two more. Yeah. Uh, ideally, positive results on all four levels of Kirkpatrick. And then we have when participants feel that they have influence in their day-to-day. -day. That's I think awesome. that's it. No, that's awesome. Thank you so much for, for stepping in to help me out there, Claire. You guys gave some awesome, wonderful, relevant, definitions for impact. I want to share with you what my definition of impact is. For me, impact 
is when training and learning measurably influences human behavior and business results. That's how I look at it. Because for me, the North Star is performance. You see, guys, I believe that training and learning fulfills its highest purpose when it measurably impacts human behavior and ultimately business goals. And so my work with measuring impact is looking for facts, clues, evidence, and data that shows the extent to which training and learning has fulfilled purpose, right? So again, for me, the highest purpose is when training and learning measurably influences human performance and ultimately business outcomes or business goals. So in the work that I do, when I'm looking for facts, clues, evidence, and data, I'm looking for data around human performance, human behavior, human actions, and then ultimately business goals. I love the definitions that you gave. I love that we have such a broad perspective about impact. I think that for, for our profession and for our colleagues, we're really trying to focus on performance right now, right? And so that is why for me and the work that I do as the L&D detective, I'm looking for facts, clues, evidence, and data that shows whether or not training and learning is measurably influencing people's behavior, actions, or performance. Now, as I said earlier, I'm not always able to do that. I'm just keeping it real. I'm telling the truth. There are instances where the complexity of measuring impact cancels out the opportunity, right? There are some things that make measuring impact difficult. Difficult does not mean impossible, but the reality is that measuring impact sometimes is very difficult to do. I'd love to hear from you using the chat. What do you believe is the number one reason for measuring impact being difficult? I'd love to hear from you in the chat. What do you believe, in your view, your opinion, is the number one reason for measuring impact being difficult? What do you think about that question, Claire? That's a good one, isn't it? You and I have talked a lot about that. So I'm going to be oh, excited yes. to see what comes through. Do you want me to read? Yeah, let's see what we got. Okay. Coming. Some of the measurement is subjective. Um, mm -hmm. Multiple factors, so you can't easily uh, tie impact to a result one-on-one. -on -one. Access to the... Read that one again. I love Multiple factors, so you can't easily tie impact to a result one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. So some of the measurement is subjective. Access to the data. People are busy and have competing priorities. Mm. Because it's not planned in advance how to measure impact. Ooh, um, stop right there. Say that one again, please. Because it's not planned in advance how it's to measure not impact. In advance. All right. Let's let's re maybe read two or more. Two, two, okay. two three more Poor definitions and unclear expectations directly tie impact to business objectives. The goal is to conduct the training and interest changes after it is completed. Yeah. Man. You guys are coming up with some good ones. And I, I think there's a few more that are still coming through there, Claire. But it sounds as though a lot of us have had some experience with the difficulty of measuring impact, right? And again, I want to go back to the idea that measuring impact is difficult. Let's call it out. Let's tell the truth about that. But let's also tell the truth about the fact that it is possible, even though it is difficult. Where I want to spend some time right now is identifying ways in which I have worked to make it less difficult. There's a resource that I am going to share with you. Give me a moment here. I'm going to put it in the chat. So I just put a document in the chat. So this is one of those times where I'm going to ask you guys to actually multitask. One of the things that I have been able to do with the L&D Detective Kit, which is what I just shared with you, and some of you may have already seen it, 
what I have identified in the L&D detective kit is what I believe. Calm down, boy. Are... Slow it down. Hello? I'm sorry. That was me. My dog oh. ran by the <laughs> thought it was muted. No, that's okay. If, if the doggy wants to join us, let him or her. Let him or her bark. We let we we welcome all creatures. <laughs> so what I believe I've done with the LMB detective kit is identify ways in which we can make measuring impact less difficult and more possible. So again, some of you may have seen it already. Some of you may be seeing it for the first time today. It is a free resource that I shared with our community a couple of years ago when I first created it, getting some really good feedback on it, really good traction with it in terms of the use. So where I want to focus today is taking a look at a couple of things that are in the L&D Detective Kit that I believe make measuring impact less difficult and more possible. And there is something there that connects with one of the points that Clara read that one of you talked about in terms of not proactively planning for impact in the beginning. Guys, that is where I believe we fail the most. When it comes to measuring impact for training and learning, there has to be some proactive planning in place. You see, guys, I believe that we fail at measuring impact when we approach it as a post-mortem process, right? You know, that post-mortem process is one where we created something, we designed something, people use it, and then we ask the question, what's the impact? That's post-mortem. Compare that to us designing and creating a learning or training solution and having a target in advance for where we expect to see impact. If we already know where we expect to see impact, if we have designed for impact, then the essence of what we're doing when we measure impact is measuring purpose fulfilled because we've already designed and we've already decided on what the impact will be or what the intended impact is. So rather than take the post-mortem approach where we say, what's the impact after designing and building and creating and launching something, I'm recommending that we be proactive. Hey, Kevin, what does it mean when we're being proactive? That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. In the L&D Detective Kit, and I'm hoping you guys saw it in the chat, hope you guys saw it in the chat, go ahead and open that document and take a look at page 12. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Because what we're talking about is how do you proactively plan for training and learning solutions that will create or have measurable impact? I have an answer for that. And the answer starts on page 12 in the L&D Detective Kit, which is what I shared with you in the chat. So I'm going to give you two minutes, maybe three. Take a look at pages 12 and 13. And then I got a question for you after I give you a little bit of time here to take a look at that. So go ahead. In the chat, there's a link to a PDF document, L&D Detective Kit. Take a look at pages 12 and 13, and then I got a question for you. All right, if you're still perusing and, and kind of taking a look at those questions, that's absolutely fine, but I do have a question for you, and I'm going to ask you to use the chat to answer this question, and then my friend Claire is going to help me. Thanks again, Claire. All right, as you take a look at those questions on pages 12 and 13 in the L&D Detective Kit, what is your immediate observation about those questions? What stands out for you or at you about those questions? What do you observe about those questions? What do those questions mean for you? What stands out? What do you think? What stands out for you about those nine questions? Use the chat message or rather the chat feature to share your thoughts and ideas about what stands out for you or to you with those nine questions that are there. 
All right, Clara, what's coming through? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys? All right. What stands are... out? Well, go ahead. Yes. So we let me let me read it. They are strategic and all start with C. Oh, okay. oh, okay. community. Okay. And uh, the questions are not L and D related. Well, say that again, Clara. I interrupted you. Oh, sorry. The questions are not L and D related. Ooh, how about Ooh. that, Clara? What else are people saying? I like that. They are very specific. Gloria said, love that it starts with business impact in mind. It's all about the business goals and KPIs, not much about training. Mm, okay. They are tangible, measurable, and impact-driven. Okay. All right. Anything else from anybody? I think that's it for now. That's it for now. So, boy, you guys are spot on today, right? So those questions are intentionally and deliberately not focused on training. You know why? Because when we start conversations that are focused on training, we diminish the opportunity to measure impact because we go straight to the solution before we even have a discussion or a conversation about the origins of the need. And for me, when we're measuring impact, what we're measuring is the extent to which training and learning has fulfilled a purpose for helping people in their performance, in their behavior, in their skills, in their capability. Here's how the conversation usually starts, you guys. And you let me know if you think this is true. More often than not, the conversations about training start like this from our business partners, our stakeholders, or the training requester. Hey, LMD. Hey, training. I'd like an instructor-led learning. I'd like two e-learnings and a side order of video-based e-learning to go. They're placing their order. They're placing an order for training, right? How many times does it feel like that for you guys? Raise your hand if it feels like you work at a fast food learning restaurant where people are just placing their orders for training. Have you guys ever felt like that? If you do, raise your hand. Let me know. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. Well, those nine questions that I shared with you are focused on curiosity. They're focused on discovery. They're focused on getting at the origin and the need for the training request. The other thing that we get with these questions when we use these questions proactively, guys, we get an idea for where the opportunity is for us, for us to make an impact on people's performance because those nine questions are not about training. Those nine questions are all about performance. Those nine questions inform decisions for the best types of training and learning solutions that we can design and build that will measurably influence or impact human behavior, human performance. So when I think about where I believe the biggest failure for our efforts for measuring impact, I believe it's not having the right kind of conversation up front. So I am encouraging and recommending, if you don't, if you don't take away anything else that I've shared with you today, if you want to be successful, with your impact measurement efforts for measuring the impact of training and learning, you need to have some clarity around exactly what it is you're trying to measure. And these nine questions set you up for success, right? So what I wanna do here, I want you to go off mute because I just, again, you got access to me right now, right? Free access. I wanna pause here for a moment. I'm going to invite you to take yourself off mute. And if you have a question, I'd love to hear from you. We won't use the chat. I'd love to hear from you live. So if you have a question about this idea of proactively planning for impact in the beginning so that it's easier to measure in the end, if you got some questions for me, 
if you want to challenge my thinking, if you want to align with my thinking, or if there's something you just want to know, I would just love to hear from you. I would love for this to be a two-way conversation, a two-way dialogue. So if you got a question or even just a comment or an observation, a reaction, a response, take yourself off mute. Let me know what it is. Go ahead. There aren't too many people here today, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just let you, you know, take yourself off mute and, and, and we'll talk. Go ahead. Who wants to go first? Go ahead. Kevin, this is Adam. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Adam. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for the presentation so far. This is super helpful. I have a question for you and perhaps anyone, I guess anyone else in the group that wants to chime in around setting expectations at the beginning of a training. So we, we run a six-week the program, group coaching program, and we define, you know, clear KPIs at the beginning, you know, return on expectation, as I like to share with the people that I work with. One of the challenges that we faced in the past is, is buy-in from the, the, we'll call it kind of the managerial level, right? So if a team is going to participate, I found that success often stems from the amount of encouragement or buy-in that the managers have with respect to the program itself, right? So it's one thing for a manager to say, we've got this great program, it's going to help you do X, Y, and Z, and I'm excited for everyone to jump in, and then the manager sort of disappears in the process. And then when you go back for sort of the post-conversation and talk about measurement, you know, the person in HR learning and development might say, well, well, why did attendance drop off over the course of the program? And so, and so my, you know, my, the response in the past has often been, well, there's a variety of reasons why that could happen, so on and so forth. But what I've found is that when the managers aren't invested and they're not fully participating in a program that is experiential in nature, that, that the measurement piece of it can get impacted, right? By people just not taking it as seriously. So, so I guess there's, there's a long way of saying to you, my question is, how do you engage in that discussion from the onset to ensure that supervisors and folks that are overseeing participants are actually fully, fully engaged as well? That's a great question. And from the perspective of measuring impact, I'll tell you how I handle that. And actually, some of the answer to your question is in the LMD detective kit that you're looking at right now. So what I'll invite you to do um, as I'm speaking, it, I, you're probably still on page 12 or 13, or maybe you, you're not. But anyway, after page 12 and 13, if you go a few pages later, you're going to see where there's a section where we summarize the answer to those nine questions. The, the answers to those nine questions then become our training and learning solution proposal that we give to the business partner or the stakeholder or the managers, right? So within that, we have agreement that says, here is what the training, learning, and talent development team is gonna do. And here's what we need stakeholders to do because impacting employee behavior, actions, and performance is a team sport. It's not a sport that is just run or led by the training team. There are multiple stakeholders, there are multiple influencers, there are multiple triggers, including having the type of buying and support that we need from people and teams outside of training, learning, and talent development. So in that document that you, you're going through, there is a section where you'll see we make a training recommendation based on what we heard when we got the answers to those nine questions. 
And we ask that business partner or that manager or that stakeholder to sign off in agreement. So we might not be able to actually, quote unquote, force people what to do or make people do something. But minimally, we have a contract in place that says, here's what we're going to deliver. Here's how we're going to deliver it. Here are the expectations for what we're going to do. And here's the expectations for what we need you to do, Mrs. Business Partner or Mr. Stakeholder or Mr. and Ms. Manager, right? So one of the ways in which I believe that we manage expectations and make it clear what we need in order to be successful, including but not limited to measuring impact, is have a contract in place so that everybody is clear about their role in the process. I hope that helps. And I hope it makes sense. And again, there's an example of what that stakeholder agreement looks like in the proposal section in the LD Detective Kit that you're looking at now. So you'll see where we've we've identified what it looks like when you pull that proposal together and you have the stakeholder, the business partner, the manager sign it. Hope that was helpful. Yeah, it's, that is. Thank you. Sure. Who's next? Go ahead. Kevin, I have a question. Nice to see you. <laughs> this is Emma. I mentioned earlier in the chat about the difficulty of measuring impact when there's multiple factors, like having an impact on a result that might be happening. So maybe training and L&D is doing one thing, maybe management and leadership is doing something related that is also maybe having an impact on the situation. Can you speak at all? Is that Would that be a situation in which measuring impact becomes nearly impossible because there are multiple factors that you don't have? control over all of them? Or what are your thoughts on that? I love that you asked that question, Emma. And again, you know me, I'm going to tell the truth. That scenario, that situation that you just described does make measuring impact difficult because as Emma said, training and learning is not a silver bullet. And let's just talk real world, guys. Let's not talk about what's idealistically true or what is aspirationally true. Let's talk about what's true. Or to borrow modern day vernacular, let's keep it real, <laughs> right? So the point here is that if you think about human performance, there are multiple triggers or activators or things that influence human performance. What are some of those things? Well, how about rewards and recognition? How about manager support? How about technology? How about natural ability, right? Those are all the things that, well, not all the things, but those are some of the things that it's not an all-inclusive list. But the point here is that there are multiple things that is going to influence people's behavior. So now I'm going to dive a little closer to the answer to Emma's question. My experience team the best opportunity to isolate the impact of training, which is, I believe is what Emma's talking about, is when you have a test group and a control or what we might call A-B testing. We have an A group and a B group. And so in this example, guys, we're talking about now, test group, control group, A-B testing. There are instances where we might be able to do a pilot or control group and a test group or A-B testing. And that is when we have one group of employees who gets training and another group who doesn't. Now we aren't withholding training from that group as punishment or you know, like some other nefarious reason, right? What we wanna be able to do is say, group A got training, group B didn't. All else equal, what we wanna consider is how the variable that we introduced to group A, that being training, impacts group A in terms of their behavior, action, and performance. And then we compare that to group B who didn't get the training, all else considered equal. And then we can compare and contrast the differences between those groups, knowing that the variable for difference is the variable of training that we introduced to group A. So now we can say, okay, what kind of signal can we get about the impact of training and learning when we take a look at what 
the results for group A is compared to the results for what group B is. That gives us the strongest, most credible, most reliable signal for the impact of training when we're able to compare and contrast the the relative difference between two groups when we do A-B testing, drug group testing, or, or maybe even pilot testing. Emma, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's really helpful. And I remember in your scenario at the conference that the stakeholder didn't agree to the pilot and then the, lear the learning professional went back to them and said something to the effect of, that's fine, but you have to understand that that means we're not going to be able to measure the impact of this intervention really that clearly. Is that a good summary? Yeah, and I would restate that by saying, yeah, we can measure impact, but the signal won't be as strong sure. and the might not be as reliable. So you're absolutely right, Emma. You're absolutely yeah. right. Okay, thank you. All right. Remember, guys, this is all access all the time. You got access to me for the next 15 minutes. Before we go further, what other questions do you have? Take yourself off mute. I'd love to hear from you. What are you guys thinking? Go ahead. Oh, America, you're off. muted still. <laughs> Thanks. I was lowering my hand. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. All right. Good to see you, Kevin. So my question is, what about when we join a team where they already have training in process and we're asked to evaluate the training that's already, you know, in and course of, of action. And then also, well, some of us are on the job market and we're interviewing for roles where there might be some training that's already happening. We're asked to evaluate it. And then we're also asked to implement new training. And there's, a, you know, often the challenge of if we have a plan that's different than they used, they're used to doing, then it can be a challenge. So I'd love to hear your advice on those things. Yeah, absolutely. And so my advice is tell the truth. Tell the truth. And I want to give a caveat here because I don't want to make it sound like it's as easy as I say it. So I have reached a point in my career, guys, where for me, there is no consequence for telling the truth. So what that means is if you ask me to try to measure impact for something and I do the due diligence and research the extent to which it's possible and the answer ends up being I can't do it, I'm going to tell you the truth about that. I'm not going to set up myself for failure. And I'm not going to set up the business for failure either by trying to create smoke and mirrors or pixie dust and magic and say, hey, I can measure the impact of any and everything because that's not true. So I'm going to connect that back to your point. So what happens in those instances where the training and learning solution is already in play, it's already launched, it's already being used, right? It could be a training program that's anywhere, I don't know, from three months to six months to maybe even a year old. And then someone comes back and says, hey, Kevin, what's, what's the impact of that? And I have been in that situation. So I have done the due diligence. And there have been instances, guys, where I did try to create the smoke and mirrors. I'm just keeping it real. Because I thought that if I had to go back and say, we can't measure that, that might somehow be detrimental for me, right? I'm past that now. I'm more focused on telling the truth. So here's the answer to that question. I'm getting, to, I'm getting to the answer. In those instances where a training and learning solution is already launched, already developed, already in play, already being consumed and utilized, people are already participating in it. Do the due diligence to determine the extent to which you can retroactively answer those nine questions, right? That's a start. The training and learning solution is already out the gate. I get it. The ideal situation is one where prior to training being launched, we answer those nine questions and then we design in response to those nine questions. But the point we're making here is what happens when you don't have that opportunity. So what I would do is take a look at that training and learning solution, 
determine the number of questions that I can retroactively answer in terms of those nine questions. And then depending upon the answers to the questions that I can get for that training and learning solution that's already been launched, that then determines whether or not I can answer the question, what is the impact of training? If I don't have the information I need to answer that question, I'm going to tell you the truth about that. I'm going to tell you the truth. In those instances where we have enough information to get what we need to measure the impact of training, then I'm going to measure the impact of training. But we have to manage our expectations and the expectations of business partners and stakeholders. Again, if you're trying to do a post-mortem approach to measure impact, it's just going to be hard. And by post-mortem, I mean you didn't proactively define up front what impact looks like when it shows up real time day to day. When you proactively already know what metrics and metrics you're going to use to measure impact, you're setting yourself up for success. If you launch a training and learning solution, a program, and you don't designate what metrics and measures you're going to use to measure impact, you're setting yourself up for failure. That has to be proactively prepared and planned for in advance. So the answer to your question, what do you do when you have those situations where a training and learning solution has already been launched, already used, and you're asked to measure impact for it. My answer to that question is assess and evaluate, and evaluate the extent to which you can proactively, or rather retroactively answer those nine questions, and then let that determine the extent to which you can measure impact for that particular training or learning solution. Did that answer your question and did it make sense? Yes, it definitely made sense. And I sort of threw in a second question of if we, you know, we're interviewing, a lot of this for interviewing for jobs, and, you know, we can say that about how we would measure past things that have already been rolled out. And then, you know, often the question comes up, how do you measure the success and impact of your training? And if we, we have this method, which your method sounds fantastic, um, but if it's totally different than what they're used to, then any suggestions for how to deal with, you know, part of that's change management. Like, this is the way I like to do it. And they're like, we don't do it that way. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is change management. And I position it as an opportunity to be more successful with your impact measurement efforts. If this organization that you're going into or interviewing with is already successful with their impact measurement efforts, great. I don't see a lot of those organizations. So I would say don't defute or dismiss the good work that an organization that you might be coming into has already done or is trying to do as it relates to measuring impact. So present and offer yourself as being incremental to that process that has already started in terms of how they're measuring impact. Present yourself as being someone who can take or continue the journey with the, with the impact measurement journey by thoughts and ideas and processes you have using the LD Detective Kit that can ensure that your measurement efforts are informed and are best positioned to actually produce results. Did that answer your question or did it make sense? Yes, definitely. Thanks so much. Happy to help. What other questions do you guys have? Kevin, this isn't a question, but I guess I'm just looking for some therapy. So, <laughs> so here's, here's, here's one of the things that, that I find myself up against in our organization. It's, it's kind of like this idea of training at, uh, or development as a benefit and not as something that's meant to drive a result. So a case in point would be our chief development officer, said, hey, uh, we haven't done any development for our sales team for a while. What do you recommend? And I said, well, what I recommend is that you tell me what specific behaviors you're observing that you think aren't 
working and what results, like what are you measuring that demonstrate to you that they need the de- development? He says, well, I, you know, I, I just I just know that they need some development. So let's let's schedule some negotiation skills. And, you know, and he gave me this list of things. And I, and I said, well, I, I'm not really going to do that. <laughs> you know, we, we need to answer these questions around what you want to change. And, and he just was adamantly opposed to exploring what the impact would be, because the impact that he wanted was to be able to say, hey, I gave you a development opportunity and you ought to be grateful for that. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's what he was really after. Yeah. And now I'm kind of on his list as a person who won't help, you know, or who's ineffective because, you know, I was trying to get him to to be specific about his need. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the question in there is. I, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, it, what's a what's an approach to sort of, you know, to evangelize to people that they need that the training's not best poised to be a benefit. It's it's to change something and, and have an impact. Just had a really tough time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. And, and I have experienced what you've experienced. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask if you're familiar with the concept of replacing no but with yes and. Yes and. <laughs> so here, here's, here's my thinking around the scenario that you just created, right? So in response to the question, can we create training and learning solutions where the purpose is demonstration of goodwill? to people and teams in the organization so that we are demonstrating that we are an organization that not only cares about our people's work, but we care about our people's development. So we need a tangible expression or tangible evidence for that, right? Because it sounds to me that that is the perspective from that manager that you just talked about was coming from, right? So if it were me, I would have responded by saying, you know, you're onto something here. Yes, we can create training and learning that fulfills needs for demonstration of our commitment to employee development. We can do that. We can do that. And we can also create training and learning that is targeted, intentional, specific, and purposeful with how it supports human performance and ultimately helps people in their roles perform in a way that it helps them achieve business and organization goals. That is how I would have responded to that, right? Because what you want to do is not diminish or not acknowledge whatever pressure that manager may have from someone else. You know, maybe his or her manager is saying, hey, we need you guys to get some training out there. I hear that. That's real world. And so that's why my response would be, yes, we can do that. And we can also create training and learning that is targeted, intentional, specific, and purposeful with influencing and activating human performance and ultimately, hopefully, business goals and business outcomes. Yeah, that's awesome, Kevin. Thanks for the coaching. I really appreciate that. You are so welcome. We got four minutes. I'm going to take one more question or one more reaction and response, and then I'm going to give you back to your day. Any other questions, reaction, response, thoughts, and ideas that you want to share? Anyone? Well, if silence is golden, <laughs> I think that we're, 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 we're done. <laughs> well, I want to thank you all for spending some time with me. Uh-oh, we do got a question there. Go ahead, Gloria. Don't forget to take yourself off mute, Gloria. I think she's oh, I was just clapping for thanking oh. you for this session. Well, that's a clap. That's not a that's not a hand raise. Okay, my bad. <laughs> thank you. No worries, no worries. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for your time. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that it wasn't just 
time blown away. I hope that it was valuable. Uh, I hope it's actionable. If you want to get the templates that accompany the LMD Detective Kit, and there are templates, and that is what makes the LMD Detective Kit actionable, go to my website at kevinmyates.com, and you can download a free copy of the templates there. I also invite and encourage you to follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Twitter, and if you want to get a little bit of insight into who I am personally, uh, join me on Instagram to get a little bit of uh, a peek behind the curtain about the, the, the L&D detective behind the scenes. Thank you, guys. I hope you have an awesome Wednesday. Thank you for joining me. Good to see everybody. Take care. Thanks, Bye. all. Thanks, Kevin. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, that will do it for the recording of our session with Kevin M. Yates as our guest speaker in the Talent Development Think Tank membership community. He answered lots of great questions, lots of good conversation in there. I hope you got value from that, especially if you're someone who has been thinking about how do we get better at measuring the impact of our programs. If that is you, check out the free resources on Kevin's website, which is kevinmyates.com. He has the L&D Detective Kit, which has been downloaded hundreds of times. And you can also uh, go back and find uh, previous episodes that I did with Kevin on this podcast by just searching in your podcast player for Kevin Yates and my name or Talent Development Think Tank. You should be able to find those past episodes where we walk through more of his content and framework on how to think about measuring success in L&D. And then finally, as you know, as you know, as you mentioned, I mentioned This was a recording from one of our Think Tank community calls. The Talent Development Think Tank community is something I started in June of 2020, over three years ago, after our first conference, as a way to keep people connected in talent development, help people keep learning, growing, and connecting with each other. Uh, It's still going strong. We have well over 100 members. We had uh, a few join recently with the new free trial, even though I haven't even marketed it yet. And we're all about helping people improve their capabilities and achieve more success in the world of talent development. We have live calls every Wednesday with guest speakers and sometimes open forum. We have a job search group that meets every Thursday for people who are looking for their next role or job in L&D. We have a job board in the community. We have a private Slack channel where people can ask and uh, questions and share resources. And we have a huge library of content from calls and trainings that we've done in the past uh, over the last three years. All of that is available once you go to the website and sign up. You can even get a free trial right now, 14-day trial to check it out, join a couple calls before you even start paying. So it is pretty much no risk to go sign up right now and see if it's a fit for you. So highly recommend that. And we also have As I mentioned, a new group we started recently for entrepreneurs in the L&D space. We just launched that and had our first call, and it is a phenomenal group of entrepreneurs who I absolutely love, and I can't wait to see how they and we support each other in growing and helping others. So if you're in an entrepreneur, you're running a business, you're a freelancer, you're a coach, come check that out as well. All the information is on our website, talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. Just click on community and all the info is there. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Always happy to chat with fellow talent development professionals, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening.